What's going on? Uh, it's the Nam Sequitur with uh, with Aaron today. Uh, we just we, we wanted an excuse to uh, call up my buddy Jonathan Topaz, um, who's over in D.C. right now, uh, and uh, and he's uh, taking some time off from work in New York. Uh, but Jonathan is a uh, is a Wire lover. The Wire, uh, for those who don't know, an HBO show um, that uh, that ended when. It ended, uh, I think the last season, the fifth season was in 2008, uh, okay. I believe. It was yeah. a five se- it ran for five seasons. Five seasons, yeah, five okay. seasons. And for those who yeah. don't know, like, people live, like Jonathan, like, live and die by this, like, love this show, and it's yeah, something... Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's <laughs> embarrassing, the whole thing. <laughs> Not quite, because like, other people, like, uh, will, will do the same thing with, like, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, or, like, American Idol. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. yours is, like... I don't know, an yeah, HBO show has a little bit more cachet than, than the reality <laughs> TV shows out there. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, oh, and apologies for, like, the low uh, the low production value again. Um, some complications on my end um, in terms of uh, internet access and power. So we are at a Starbucks in L.A. Uh, coming at you. So, uh, yeah, so just apologies for that ahead of time. Um, but, yeah, so, so The Wire ended, uh, and can you just give, like, a brief, like, summary of what the whole idea of The Wire is? Yeah, yeah. So Aaron, Aaron wanted to have me on because he said that he can't get past the first couple episodes of The Wire. I so, can't. So my the, – the goal of this conversation is partially to convince him to keep watching The Wire. That's an important background. Um, yep. The Wire is an HBO series – um, that went for five seasons, and it explores all of the facets of uh, the inner workings of the city of Baltimore. Uh, it begins in season one with a look at um, the cops uh, investigating uh, the drug trade, specifically one drug gang who runs much of West Baltimore, but it ultimately expands its vision to looking at union workers, uh, polit- politics, um, the education system, newspapers, and everything in between. So what it's really meant to be is an investigation of uh, an entire city and, uh, by proxy, an investigation of the American city and the American system. And, and not necessarily in the, in the brightest light, if, if I can say that. No. I mean, you know, the, the guy who, the guy who, uh, who uh, wrote the show, uh, the main guy, David Simon, uh, is uh, uh, some people call him the ang- the angriest man in TV in America, um, and uh, and and he does have that aspect to him. He's he's a um, he's a structuralist in the strongest sense of the word. He believes incredibly intensely in the power of institutions to shape uh, human behavior, and as such, um, uh, there are a lot of interesting kind of uh, discussions about human agency and the limits of that within this uh, very uh, kind of perverse Amer- set of American institutions, I think he would say. So is he using, is he using the, like, television and, and HBO, the show, as, a, as his way of commenting on that or trying to make an impact? Is that, yeah, like, his I mean, you know, mentality? I think, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think his, his aspirations are twofold, which is... You know, maybe aspirations is a little hard to say, but what the show accomplishes is twofold, which is what really makes it amazing. On the one hand, it's uh, a commentary on uh, the institutional structure of uh, of American capitalism, which essentially he sees as um, eroding human agency and basically making uh, humans powerless against 
uh, a, a remarkable set of institutions that prize careerism and selfishness uh, and uh, lack of caring for one's fellow brethren. And the second thing, though, it does is that it, it's um, it takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of cues from from Greek tragedy in particular, um, some Dickens. Uh, and what it does is it uses this notion of of um, the lack of hu the lack of agency uh, of human powerlessness against uh, the institutions of American capitalism, and it uses it to create a show of really Greek tragic proportions. Um, so uh, it's brutal. It's totally brutal, not just at a takedown of American capitalism, but also at a really individual level. Um, and uh, and every season um, will have you know even the strongest guy curled up in a ball and crying in his bed and wondering why he just watched 13 hours of, of TV for to have to deal with all this pain. It happens every single season, but people keep coming back. It's crazy. Yeah, and and that's the thing. People keep coming back, but you can understand why someone someone wouldn't want to necessarily envelop themselves in that, um, even if they had the, the time and the opportunity. Um, so I'll bring up like my case is after even the first couple episodes, you're just it's first of all, it's really heavy. Every episode is pretty dang heavy. Um, mm -hmm. And and second of all, the whole idea that you, you, you kind of describe and I guess uh, David Simon is, is trying to get across is is kind of like, what the hell is like, what, what are we supposed to do? Like the institutions are just they exist. And um what chance do we have? Yeah, it just feels yeah, so well, yeah. Well, it it does. Yeah, it does inspire a little apathy um, in a weird way because if it's supposed to inspire change, it also can inspire apathy because it shows all these people who try to run up against these institutions in really profound and meaningful ways and keep getting shut right. down and shut right. down. Um, and so that can be uh, that can be um, frustrating and almost you know, uh, kind of nihilistic in a way, though I don't think that that's ultimately the right conclusion to come to. Um, the second thing is that, yeah, it's really brutal. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to blow away any spoilers. Uh, there is a point where my roommate, uh, who encouraged me to watch The Wire, something happened that was just, abs just crushed me. And I stopped watching for a while. And I asked him, I was like, why, you know, why even watch this show? Because I had a moment like that, because I was like, you know, this thing happened, I invested all this time, yeah. and now yeah. I'm depressed. And yeah. what what could possibly be the point of this? Uh, but um, but I think there is a, a really uh, profound point to watching it. Um, and uh, and sometimes, yeah, I think you kind of have to, to, to fight through it, I think, for the, for the sake of, of what really is one of the... Uh, you know, the interesting thing about television is that if it's done right, you have just have so much more time. Yeah. You know, people always complain that television is shallow, but, um, you know, what, what's really amazing is that David Simon has 60 hours right. to, to comment on Baltimore, whereas movies have two or three hours tops. And so what you're really doing is you're immersing yourself so heavily in, in David Simon's vision of America, at least, or at least David Simon's vision of Baltimore – that um, that you have no choice but to be incredibly invested, especially when the writing uh, is is so phenomenal. Uh, it, it's it's better than any anything any TV show by far in terms of quality of the writing. Um, in terms of you know there are about there are about sixty or seventy main characters, which is just hmm. incredible. He really creates an ecosystem, uh, at least in his own mind, of 
of what this city is. Right. Um, and also the yeah, the characters are amazing. Really. So so I get I get that. I get like it it's it's a great um in the classic sense of like a show, it has all those elements of, of great writing, um, great acting, great develop character development. Mm-hmm. Um, but that seems like whereas other shows where that that might be like the focus, um, it seems so secondary past like the message and and the, the ideas that are being projected. And maybe I, I want to ask you like, has it affected your, um, I mean your life choices on top of like. Uh, the way you view, obviously the way you view the world, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think, the you know, The Wire toes the line, but first, just as it's on to the first point, it toes the line between being a fantastic, uh, 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 you know, insight into the American city and, and, and its failing institutions versus uh, being a little too didactic. And I think it toes that line and it, it, it typically is on the right side of the line. I think too often, particularly in the last two seasons, people might take me a task with this. Um, he crosses the line a little bit too much. Some of the dialogue can be a little silly. He's clearly trying to prove a point. Um, I'll, you know, if people want to take issue with that, that that's fine. That's kind of how I view it. Um, yeah. But I think secondly, you know, I mean, I think, we, you know, we, we've talked about this too. I mean, you know, Aaron and I had an email back and forth about, um, about efficiency and about the human cost of efficiency. Um, and I think it, it has, it, it kind of reevaluates what you think of as, um, you know, as, as, as what is ethical capitalism. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in, uh, season two, in my opinion, is the most cogent, uh, and impressive political statement. It's not my favorite season, but I think it's the most, um, it's the clearest political statement. Uh, it's a season about the dock workers union, um, and it's it's essentially uh, about uh, what happens when uh, you know in a post-industrial world where we are in a highly financialized, highly service economy, uh, what happens to the manufacturing jobs? And obviously, it's not it's not you know. Uh, it's not like he's making a unique statement that union jobs and manufacturing jobs are going away. Um, what, what he is doing, though, is he's showing the human cost of, of what it is when there's no economic base in the city and where people turn to when there's no viable economic options. Um, and, and in that way, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's um, you know, the, the notion of efficiency at all costs in America um, uh, is 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 something that uh, that David Simon takes takes task with, and and you know there's that um, I believe I sent it to you, Aaron. There's a lecture where David yeah. Simon talks about um, how every human who's born on the earth now is less and less important to society, um, and this notion of your job isn't important, so we don't have to take care of you anymore, uh, is 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 a crucial tenet of capitalism. In fact, it's you know it's prized. It's prized as efficiency, right. getting not having to pay as many workers to do to put out as the, the output. Yeah. Um, and and he puts a real human and social cost to this note to this notion that I think is really crucial to um, modern capitalism. It's something that that we might really prize and say that's ingenious, that's really efficient, etc. Right. right. And, and the reason so. Our other buddy Azar was on this email chain too, and he and I are, are very much on the side of 
of, of efficiency and, and trying to, you know, make everything as, as again, as efficient as possible. And um, it's so easy to forget that, that human side. Um, but it's, it's so conflicting because um, when the world operates in one way and you're, you're, you have these thoughts of, you know, the human element and all these things, um, again, it seems, it seems pointless to think about this stuff because that's not reality, right? It's not, it's not how the world works. Like, if you're going to be in this world, like, how do you, how do you mitigate those thoughts if you have them constantly and still try to be successful in, in the day to day? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, right now we happen to be, you know, having however petulant and childish and absurd uh, uh, the election between Obama and Romney, let's say, is really a debate about the merit, the merits of, of capitalism, how unfettered we'll allow it to be. Obviously, Obama is a huge capitalist. Uh, uh, liberals have are not happy with, um, you know, his his uh, his take on the banks and such like that. But ultimately, it is a, a debate that we're having, however, uh, you know, inappropriately, given how terrible this campaign season has been. But I think more generally, you know, there are some people who who view what happened in 2008 and view what's happening now with the erosion of jobs. And they might say that this system in which we have, in fact, there's an article about this in The New York Times about a month ago that says that the situation we've constructed um, means that we're always going to have far higher unemployment than we have had in the past. And what are we going to do about this? And I think that it, what, he, what he's making is a, is a long overdue contribution to uh, a real discussion about how we're going to treat the people who, um, uh, you know, who, who may be behind the curve in that way, mm. in, in, in terms of, you know, um, it kind of reminds me also Rabbit Run, John Updike book. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, before before Rabbit strikes, it, he's working in a field that's just going under, and that's what he's been trained to do. He's a 50 year old; he gets laid off from his job, and all he's been trained to do is this job that's about to go away. He's he's a Leno typer. Computers are about to come into the fold, uh, and so what do we? You know, that's that's just a very small aspect of the wire. That's something from season two. It's not even the whole season two, but I think it's a vitally important contribution to to political discourse in which we don't question efficiency. We don't question uh, the bounds of capitalism. And I think that what The Wire is saying is that, is that we keep inching further and further away from human compassion. That's interesting. It, it's, it's, almost like, it's almost like The Wire is serving what the, one of the sides of, of, of what like a, a multi-party um, nation should be, should be talking about. It's almost serving that, that platform for those, yeah, for those topics. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, you know, it's not, the show is not, uh, of course, it's, it, it's making a political statement, but it's not an exclusively political show. Um, I don't mean to suggest it is. It's a show, as I said, going back to the notion about Greek tragedy and all this stuff, it's a show where the individual stakes are extremely high, um, and you are on the edge of your seat. There's crazy stuff going on in terms of the plot. What's, what's interesting about the wire too is that the plot is so um, is is so meticulous, um, and that there are things that seem minor from season you know from episode two that in episode twelve come back to be the focal point of the season and you didn't even see it coming. Um, and so to while I think that that might be true, um, I think it would you know I, I and you know because we seem to be talking a little bit more about the political side of the yeah. show. I do want to, to, to emphasize 
that uh, the show wouldn't work if it was just David Simons ranting through other characters about, you know, the failures of American capitalism. Right. What right, it, right. You know, it really is a plot-driven show um, that uh, that is, is breathtaking and tragic and all of those things. You just described the newsroom, by the way. I don't know if you've been watching oh. it all. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I watched... Um, I watched a bit of it. Um, I can't say that I am excited about the re-up for season two. Um, it came really early, too, before, like, any sort of... It almost seemed like they were apologizing for it. It was like, listen, we got re-up for season two. I'm sorry. I understand we didn't earn this. Um, I understand that I'm not really a Republican. I just am playing one so that I can be seen as being balanced. Um, yeah. You know, all yeah. these things. Uh, it, it, yeah, but but yeah, I understand that you and Jesse. Yeah, it almost seems like a, a, a between you and Jesse, it almost seemed like a car wreck that you couldn't look away. Almost to an extent, <laughs> it, it was, like, it was you pretty know. close. It was pretty close because it, it was. I mean, but it was like a car wreck in the sense of um, like we had something invested in in one of the sides. So it was like it was Sorkin, you know, like we we yeah. love the West Wing, we love Sports Night, so we cannot watch. But at the same time, it's like oh my gosh, like what do we, what are we watching here? Like, this, we there, want to there, there is something really seductive about it, though, because you know I've watched episodes and and uh, and I can't turn the ch- turn the channel. However yeah. terrible, unrealistic, overly yeah. romantic, what you know, however you want to put it, but I can't turn the channel. I don't know why. You know why? Why do I care about this one man's bogus quest to to you know to conquer the news in some you know, anyway, I, I, I don't no, know why. I'm but, with you. But it is, there's something seductive about it. I don't know why. And I'm definitely going to watch parts of season two. I don't know why. I'm, I'm I probably going to watch every, every episode of season two, to be honest. Like, as much as, like, Jesse and I came to, like, on one of our other email chains, we just kind of got to the point where it was like, Jesse said, like, I think I've just started to accept this isn't going to be, like, an exceptional show, but, like, yeah. it's going to be okay. Like, as long as we don't take it, uh, as long as we don't, like, hold it to those standards of needing to be like a, a, a the wire or like a breaking bad or, or right, right, right. Right. It's like a show we watch, um, which is, and it's interesting because the way you kind of described what David Simon did is, is kind of the, finally the freedom that, that Sorkin has with the newsroom because he doesn't have to care about ratings. He doesn't have to care about like what his critics really are saying. Yeah. He's, he's going to make like HBO still making good money off of, off of a, I would say off of, off of newsroom, you know? There yeah. Subscribers I, I, I watch it. Yeah, well, I think it's yeah. I mean, I think that's a really interesting thing about The Wire is that it had terrible ratings. It got one Emmy nomination throughout its five seasons. Um, it's a it's a show that featured very few famous actors, yeah. very few actors who are uh, are 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 big today. Uh, Larry Gilliard Jr. is somewhat big. Um, Idris Elba is now doing some stuff. Uh, Dominic West. Uh, but those, but but it's not. Uh, it's it's a show that that actually and, and David Simon, if you listen to him talk about it um you know he'd say that that the show really failed because uh it's a disproportionate number of african-american actors uh which turned away a lot of white america uh it's also a show again that you have to be extremely invested in and and hbo definitely did them a solid of of keeping of, of of allowing the story to to really expand and to allow baltimore to be the main character uh, which is what David Simon always says. There's really not a main character. It's too it's too complex of an organism uh, and too too much of a of a, a huge look at this city and all of its complex inner workings to really have a main character. 
And I think that that's a number, another one of the um, another one of the main takeaways is that, uh, and this goes back to this tragic aspect that um, that uh, it's very hard for people with good intentions to get to to see good uh, to 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 have their actions come to good fruition. And most of the time, it's someone's innocent actions that prompt a far of uh, a, a far more nefarious outcome. Uh, right. Even with things as big as a successful police investigation, will very often do far more harm than good. Um, and so I think in in that way, um, it does underscore how little control we have uh, over the consequences of our actions, uh, which is something that uh, that you know what, what's brilliant about it is that that's a timeless that's a timeless tragic element i mean that's stuff from greek tragedy but it also is uh necessarily related to the uh the, the capitalist system that we live in in scores of ways hmm. see another thought that comes into my mind is is it is it david simon painting it in such the opposite light because he has to compensate for um for how 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 much the world is in is seeing on this in this light that he has to not only paint like the real the realistic view, but ha has to go past that, right? And and paint like an overly dark situation so that people are like, oh man, that that's happening. It might not be as bad, but it, that's like a possibility, right? So is, no, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, um, uh, well, you know, it's hard for you know, it's funny, it's funny for like um, you know. Uh, white, uh, liberal, upper-class people like myself who went to Brown University to talk about how realistic it is as if I, like, as if I, like, grew up on the streets of Baltimore and was, like, very much, uh, you know, uh, in, in, you know in, in which I'm extremely comfortable with the inner workings of, of the Baltimore drug trade. I mean, so, so that's an irony in and of itself. But, yeah. um, you know, I don't, I don't – again, if I thought he was making uh, – uh, if I thought the purpose of this was to make – a political statement that could be used in the modern political arena. Maybe I, maybe I would take a, a bit more of a, 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 you know, maybe I would investigate that claim a little bit more seriously. But I think ultimately that's not what he's doing. I think ultimately he's making a piece of art in the vein of timeless, tragic works, and right. he's doing it by reflecting on uh, what he sees as a, an incredibly eroding set of institutions and values that are underscored not just by capitalism, but largely because of uh, the system of American capitalism uh, and the, uh, the American constraint of careerism that we have in every single institution. Um, and that careerism, uh, as you go up and up and up, the slope gets slipperier and slipperier. Right, that slipperier right. is not a word at all, but sounded good. <laughs> it is on this podcast. Um, yeah, 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 let's do it. I, I want to bring this back though real quick. Um, because I think it, well, it's interesting to think of it more as, as an artwork as, rather than you know a, a pure political statement, which is what people can or myself can can come to think of it. But um, I asked like I asked you this earlier, but how has it like shaped your like knowing these things? How has it shaped your your not only view on the world but like the way you 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 see yourself um, living your life, right? Like you, you know you you describe your background and you describe like yeah. kind of the comforts that come with that. But knowing this in the back of your mind, it's like okay, like, I know that there's, like, this messed up stuff going on. Like, I can either choose to, A, ignore it, or, B, like, do something about it, right? I yeah, mean, well, I mean, I think, you know, I think, well, if one thing that, you know, David Simon, I think, really believes in change at the individual level, which is something that's very inspiring. Um, 
and there are positive developments on the show. It's not an exclusively it's not <laughs> an exclusively negative show, but it, you know it, it it does it does provide uh, moments of individual um, triumph, uh, and that is well deserved. And I think that that his message, uh, if you can call it that is that uh, change is far more likely on the individual level, and it's far more like in smaller doses with individuals who work to change their lives. Um, oh, as to how it okay. affects as, as to how it affects my day-to-day, um, I guess that, that's that's a little tough of a question for me to answer. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how to respond to that without sounding um, either indifferent or arrogant or... Yeah. But I, I don't you. know. I think it's tough. I mean, I think it just... It, I think it just I think anyone who watches it knows that it, it profoundly uh, it profoundly affects your worldview, profoundly affects how you view the institutions in which we operate. Um, and and um, that's a deliberately vague answer, and I don't really know how. No, else I, to, I understand. I think it. I think yeah. it's interesting to think of it more at, at an individual individual level because it seems like when you're attacking institutions, it's almost you you, have, you should feel obligated to um, to do something about the institutions and not. Necessarily take an insular, insular, insular look and and yeah. and try to change yourself because just by nature of what you're criticizing, right? Um, and, and it just doesn't seem as impactful. I would say, like when you're seeing like the institution takes such a big, um, have such a big, big role in, in the way that the, the world is almost like corrupting or, or whatnot. Um, and then yeah, just I to mean, say, go ahead. Yeah, I mean the show the show is filled with with human compassion. I think that yeah. that's that's something that I mean, what, what's really interesting is that, um, yeah, I mean, you know, also in, in, this, in these platitudes that people like to throw out, um, that it doesn't view anything really as black or white. In my opinion, there are two um, purely evil characters on the show, um, uh, and there's one purely good character on the show. That's what I would say. Everyone else has a considerable amount of, of, of flaws and positives, and I think that what is really... Um, What's really uh, amazing and also a little discur- you know, a little distressing when you're watching is is you'll you'll watch these drug dealers, let's say, or these policemen who you know maybe the policemen are corrupt or the politicians are uh, are are doing something that is incredibly cynical and, and and ruining the city or maybe these drug dealers have just killed somebody and there are these small images of their humanity. Um, there's there's one character in season one. Who who grows so much to season four that we almost forget uh, we almost forget kind of the the really nasty and evil things this character has done season huh. one um, and the show has a way of being able to uh, to humanize uh, and be true to um, to to every character so so maybe if there's one character that's lionized he's also an adulterer or he or he does something really cowardly. Or again, if, if a drug dealer has just um, you know murdered somebody, then they show him doing something uh, you know re- really either funny or they show a really human side or a passionate side of him. And so in that way, it's again uh, it, it, it 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 again kind of has this this uh, you know it's hard to it's hard to really go one way or the other necessarily. You know, it's it's when you're describing it like that and just like taking a step back and, and thinking about just the conversation we've had so far. It's um, I, again, I, it's weird. So, so I'm Christian, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, you know, I'm uh, like I have my faith and whatnot, and I, and I can't uh-huh. help but think about the the Bible. Like, I can't help but think about that like story. You know, it's 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 filled with with how um, it, it kind of it, it talks about how like the world is corrupt and how 
Um, you know, it's, there are injustices in the world, but it's not so much it's not so much that you can change that because like the world in itself is sinful. That's like inherent. Um, but what you can do is like love other people and, and you're going to fall. Like, and that's the way that you're describing these characters. It's like mm-hmm. some of them, they, you know, they go through their ebbs and flows. Um, uh, and that's just like the nature of, of, of being human is um, we don't have, uh, we're not perfectly good. We're not perfectly bad. It's like hard to be, be completely idealistic. Like Will McAvoy in the, in the newsroom. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and so it, it's, it's, it's weird to think of it this way, but I, I think, um, what you're describing to me is kind of like, uh, it's going to sound way over dramatic, but like the way you're describing the wire is like the way sometimes I think about the Bible and, and kind of like Jesus' story and God's story. Um, mm-hmm. which is like a crazy, which is like a ridiculous parallel. Obviously it's like, it's like a show on, on HBO, but, um, it's not so much like, be mad about the institutions, be mad about like how messed up the world is. No, like accept it and, and understand that that's how it is, but it doesn't mean you have to be like that. It doesn't mean that you can't well, be. Empathetic, well, I mean, right? yeah, I mean, I, 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 well, yeah, I mean, certainly David Simon doesn't want us to accept the institutions. He wants to us to, to do, to take this view of, of these institutions that he sees as, as being incredibly corrupt and amoral and inefficient and doing something about them, but I think that is right about in terms of uh, in terms of change coming at the individual level. I mean, I think you know I I, I took a class uh, at Brown and we watched a little bit of The Wired. I I'd already seen it, but we watched a little bit of it. It was on philosophy and tragedy. And the first day, uh, the professor who is really unbelievable uh, mentioned what mentioned kind of a, a definition. I can't remember if this was maybe this is Marx who said that, uh, or I don't know who it was. But it might have been Marx that uh, tragedy is um, lies in uh, the the our human agency to uh, choose our actions. And I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but our ability to to choose our actions, um, but having circumstance uh, 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 having circumstance be so confining that we can't really choose, uh, we can't see through to the consequences of our actions or choose the outcome that we would want. Uh, yeah. It's kind of in that. It, and and that you know kind of is this uh, philosophical notion of like of moral luck, right? Hmm. Um, this notion of like, are you morally culpable for doing things that you really are in a terrible spot to do? Um, so if you are wretchedly unlucky um, and you're in an, a terrible situation, you might have an option, right? So like in season in 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 one in the education season, there's a um, there's a, a kid through, who, through no fault of his own, is in bad trouble with the principal. It has to do a lot with the education system, has to do a lot with, with his uh, poverty, et cetera, et cetera. And he's forced to make a decision, and, and he can go two ways. But either way, it's like a really like crappy choose-your-own-adventure novel. Because either way, it's going to be really bad for him. Uh, either way, you can see it down the line how he's going to be swallowed up either by the school system or either by the streets and the people of Baltimore hmm. uh, who are going to not take kindly to him. Um, yeah. And I think in that way, um, it, 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 um, that's the sort of thing that can make it, uh, you know, particularly for someone who's an avid, you know, who, 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 uh, you know, is, is, is an avid believer in the, in the Bible. It, 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 it might seem particularly frustrating. Uh, because I do think that there is a lot of way, you know, again, 
the show is about how a lot of the show, in my opinion, is about how American capitalism undercuts our human agency. And the irony, of course, is that American capitalism is supposed to be the system that unleashes our agency and unleashes a system in which we are socially and economically mobile beyond our wildest Mm -hmm. dreams. And only through uh, these platitudes of hard work and through striving, uh, if we do that, you know, I mean, whatever, watch the Republican or Democratic National Convention for that matter. Hard yeah. work will be to the top. I mean, of course, it's American myth. Uh, and what the what the wire says is that, you know, the ultimate irony behind this is that the system that gives the most formal opportunity to be socially and economically mobile is perhaps the one that most undercuts our agency because it completely divorces uh, compassion from the system at large. Yeah. Yeah. Did I sell you? Did I sell you on the show? You, you, you sold, <laughs> you like sold me on being maybe. a proponent of the show. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, you sold me on being a proponent of the show. It's like the 60 hours is a lot with, yeah, especially with work lot. starting and everything and, and kind of feeling, yeah. um, and, and, and you don't necessarily want to feel terrible during your, during your hours off work or, or just yeah. feel like incredibly sad. But, um, the idea of the show in the same way I was, I, I talked to Jesse about this, about Breaking Bad. Um, the overarching idea of the show is is something that um, that you sold me on. You definitely sold me on, and it's um, yeah. It's, it's I don't, yeah. There's 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 also there's a remarkable amount of elation and joy, which is important to note too. And, and which is which sounds really terrible uh, to be a voyeur into this world that is so wretched, and to say, oh well, there's actually a lot of joy to it. But there is, and you wouldn't people wouldn't stick with it and wouldn't be as beloved if it didn't have characters that were unique and amazing and yeah. have a lot a lot of humor which is which is very very funny a lot of very small moments that put a smile on your face right. um and it it, it 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 couldn't go on for 60 hours if it was just what we had talked about for yeah. for the for the vast majority of the conversation it would just be too much suicide to rates would go up would be, and... yeah 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 and it probably and it wouldn't be true to life because yeah you know yeah. there are obviously high, are times right um, so yeah. again, what, again, like I can't help, but I'm sorry I'm bringing this up again, but, um, like it's, it's again, like what, what, again, in the Bible, it's kind of like, you're going to go through your ebbs and flows, but it's, it's taking like the joy out of, um, out of your circumstance that that's like where you can find peace, I guess. Um, and yeah, I suppose it, it sounds like given, you know, you're going to be in crappy situations is what the wire is saying, but like you can, even in those moments, it's like that kid who is going to be screwed by either the streets or, or the school system is like, you can still find joy in a, in perhaps a, a day-to-day uh, basis or, like, even long-term like that. Even yeah, well, sucks. yeah, again, I think that it's just I, – I wish that, that that was – I wish that that union of the that, – the, that that message was a part of the wire, part of what David Simon sees as as legitimately uh, part of our American system. I, I, I don't think that he does see that. I, He's really I, I mean, again, I think that I'm hearing it. Well, I, yeah, I suppose I, I, I suppose, you know, it's, it's, it's cynic, you know, what, whatever word you call it. Um, I think he's trying to call attention to a world that I think a lot of people are trying to put out of their mind. Um, yeah. and so, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know the man's religion. I don't know, uh, uh, how, how he reads the Bible. I don't think that that vision, unfortunately, I don't think that vibes with his worldview of the American city that although there are a lot of uh, amazing things that people do on the individual level uh, in the show. Um, so, um, uh, but yeah, I think the only way you can, you can see if you're, if you're right or wrong on that 
uh, watch Aaron it. is to watch 60 Hours of the Wire. So <laughs> you've got you got me you got me thinking about it at the very least. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's 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 rare that there are these things, especially in TV, that that are this like thought provoking and this um this impactful because it's it typically comes in the form of a book or it typically comes in the form of even a movie. Um, we got a lot of trash on TV, like at the end of the day, you yeah. know and and um. And that's why it's it's curious because I think Jesse and I also talked about this how how TV TV shows seem to be the 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 mechanism through which um, through which I guess like writers can in, can most um, get across a message or like express their creativity um, because it is especially on HBO you're like given free free reign over what you you create um, and and movies are much more trending like make bigger make bigger like how many people can you get into the, into the box office? Um, yeah, the, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at, you know, well, I mean, I, I don't really know anything about the movie industry, so I probably shouldn't talk at a turn, like Aaron Sorkin shouldn't really talk about journalism, but, um, you know, but I think, uh, I, I, you know, I, I do think, you know, if you talk to, like, someone like Spike Lee, I read a bunch of interviews with him, he said that the, I don't understand the economic situation, but he says that the economic situation is such that at the studios, there's a lack of boldness. He said that he yeah. couldn't got he couldn't have yeah. he couldn't today get do the right thing through the studios. And I think that in some ways, what you're you're seeing that I mean, again, TV writers also see an amazing opportunity because, like I said, a movie is two hours. Uh, right. A TV series, um, you know, like The Wire, is sixty, 60 hours. hours. Yeah. And so and so you know when when certain defining moments in The Wire happen. They're so uh, much more impactful than in a movie, in my opinion, or the average movie, in my opinion, because uh, you've been seeing these characters for for 24 hours. You're so much when more there's invested. a defining moment at the end of season three, you know these characters so much better. You know what they've yeah. been through so much better, and it 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 just is it's incomparable to anything that I've seen in, in even the greatest movies because. There's just just the matter of time is 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 so disproportionate, and that's kind of how I would define almost like a good movie is is um is how enveloped you are in the in the plot. Like when you leave the, leave the theater, how much you're thinking about like that that story or thinking about that world. Um, and in in a TV show, obviously you can develop that a lot more and really bring it into a day to day type of thing. Um, it's interesting also to think maybe was was like The Wire the first one to kind of um, start that almost because i'm trying to think of other shows that obviously they've been like landmark shows that, that spoke about you know the world and whatnot but i feel like the wire is unique in the sense that it was um it, it was like it, it, it again it didn't have to cater to any sort of like an audience because uh, it was on hbo and, and like you said hbo threw them a solid letting them go on for five seasons um and it I, I'm, I'm curious to know if like future future writers try to like Get that risky, you know. It sounds like Sorkin is yeah. kind of doing that, right? With with the newsroom. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's probably true. I mean, I think what The Wire did at least is also another is that it, it it's so immersed in Baltimore, and uh, that there's a whole language that it adopts. It's almost like you know, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie Fargo. People praise the movie Fargo beyond all of its platitudes about you know. Again, that's another movie about uh, you know uh, about um, about human ugliness for lack of a better term but um uh but but what people also really adore about fargo is that it immerses you in a world in which 
this language of this, uh, you know, small Midwestern uh, uh, town uh, is is so distinct, and it just it it it, it is um, it's it's an America that you don't really that you haven't really seen before necessarily. Right. Uh, and I think that that's something that The Wire also tries to accomplish is is um, is a is a, a Baltimorean language, a Baltimorean. Mm. Uh, a, a way of speaking, and in that way, that's another way that TV can ground you in a place. Right, um, right, right. They make the Baltimore accent and the and and vernacular sound like pretty amazing poetry, and so um, I think that that that's another thing. But I don't know. I you know I don't I'm not I don't know the history of of you know of television oh, in that yeah. way. I'm you know obviously people are emulating The Wire um, because people are obsessed with it. Um, yeah. I, you know, and and it informs uh, a lot of the dialogue. Um, um, and, and, and it takes so much from what is already out there in American discourse. Um, and there are a lot of people who obviously are on the same page as David Simon. In terms of um, how that works with TV, I'm, I'm not totally sure. But um, I do think that there are people out there who, um, who recognize what you can do with, uh, with 60 hours of TV. Right. I think, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I hear you. I, I, and it's, it's incredibly impactful. I'm like, I'm, I wish I knew, like, stats as to how how it um, has affected uh, the political system in Baltimore. I wondered how, how it has changed after, after the wire and, you know, kind of being, being um, you know, taking the mask off to a certain extent um, and, and seeing how people are, people want to change things. Because I, I, the way people talk about, like, law and order is it created a generation of, of people who wanted to be lawyers. And yeah. then the yeah. West Wing created a generation of people that wanted to go into politics. Um, maybe the wire had uh, a generation... A generation of cynics. I don't know. A generation of <laughs> of people who wanted to um, like go save cities, go go you know kill institutions. I don't know. Like yeah. Well, I think it's. I think it's maybe you know if if you were to use that that you know I think maybe the people it creates are people who recognize the realities of post-industrial America, um, mm. uh, and you know um, uh, and who are taking more seriously. Uh, the problems that get swept under the rug um, in in a in a in a in a political economic system in which we uh, in in which we like to say that everyone has a fair shot right. uh, and so I think maybe that uh, you know I think um, you know in a lot of ways um, you know again it, it's it, there's you know the the jobs that you would encounter to change this situation are not as as not as uh, as romantic as being. <laughs> Uh, President Bartlett's chief of staff, you know, Fair. so I think that that um, but yeah, I, I do think that there are a lot of people who are rethinking what this post-industrial order in America looks like. Um, and you can just see it when they have these amazing uh, shots of just Baltimore streets. There's there's nothing there. There are hmm. barren row houses. Uh, uh, there are um, you know, there's no industry. There are no shops. There, there's no, there are no supermarkets where there are good, there's good nutrition. There's no economic base. There's no economic vitality in the city, which is why the drug trade becomes the major industry, um, because there's nothing there. I, I, I can't remember who. I should have looked it up before we had this conversation, but this again goes back to the point of season two. But there's this, there's a work by someone. Uh, who talks about this post-industrial city? I think it's called When Work Disappears, and it talks about how people are flocking to illegal industries because there's nothing else in these cities, and these illegal yeah. industries have tragic implications, obviously, mm, yeah, and they yeah. are 
and these and these industries are heavily are are by the way heavily more capitalistic than the than the systems right. in which the, all these other characters operate. There's a line I can't remember what season it's in, but one one cop says, you know, why 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 do these you know why why are the drug dealers always more efficient? You know why why do they keep outsmarting us? Let's say, and the one guy says, uh, uh, if and I'll, I'll I won't I won't curse on your show, so I'll paraphrase. He says if if, if we if, uh, if they mess up they get they get their face beat in. If we mess up, we get pensions. And so in that way, the, the drug That's trade a great is, far, line. Oh my is a far more unforgiving, uh, far more unforgiving place because they don't subscribe to even the basic, uh, the the basic social services that we right. might provide. And there are some funny, there's some funny but tragic. Uh, at one point, season three. Uh, cops suggest uh, unemployment insurance um, for for uh, a, a, a drug gang, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so I think in that way too, it, it is evaluating the uh, steep slope in the various legal and illegal institutions, it's, uh, and it's they don't mirror each other in a really trite way. There, there are ma- there are major differences, but there are also similarities. Right, and it's just amazing the way you describe that to be like capitalism in almost like a pure form. You know, like, mm-hmm. again, that line is, like, incredible. Like, what happens when we screw up? Like, we get our pensions. What happens when they screw up? They get a bullet to the head. You don't want to mess up then. <laughs> Just, um, yeah. but there's, again, like you were saying, this this mirrors the whole, what, what I understand to be the wire, one of the messages of the wire is, is um, capitalism eliminates that that human aspect, Elimin- or, or the way that David Simon is describing it, it eliminates um, the human element, almost, which is which is quite scary. I'd say. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I, it, it, it's, it's something I, I very much like. I idealize, and and for me, my, like for myself, someone who who grew up in like a capitalistic world, whose parents came over from Korea, and literally like like American dream is something that that seems real to them, where they tell me like America is the greatest country because you can if you want to do something like you can do it because they and they're like evidence of that to a certain extent. Um, and just to see kind of the the dark underbelly is is, is frightening to me, um, because of how it sh- it, it shakes like the, the basic tenets on which you right exactly. You I think there's a level of cognitive dissonance that's there, yeah. Yeah. and you just want to tuck it away somewhere where you say, well, that's not my vision of what exists. And and I you know when 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 we talked about this conversation earlier, you said a lot of what drew you away, and this is a feeling that I'm very comfortable with is is guilt. And I mean yeah. you know there's always that. There's that cliche about about you know white upper class guilt, um, and and that's at there's at certainly at play. I mean you know yeah. there there's you know you'd like to say that it isn't. Um, I think maybe that's something David Simon would scoff at and say you know get over it. Um, but uh, but that is there, and that is something that you know that that absolutely uh, you know must be confronted by a particular you know you know. You know uh, you know, upper class, you know, uh, upper class people who have, who have benefited yeah. from these very institutions that that um, have such tragic implications. So there, it does exist. It does kind of mess with you in that way, and that's something yeah. that you do. That that's another, um, you know, that that's another tricky thing about it. I think. Yeah. Uh, and it forces you out of there. And again, that's something else that almost like religion kind of provides as well, where you you kind of get that feeling when you think about. Um, when you think about like what you you feel you feel called to do because of of what um of what whatever your, your whatever your religion says or and whatnot, um, 
But yeah, anyways, I do, we're, we're running long because this is like an incredible topic to, to talk about. But, um, you know, so I'm sold on I'm sold on the show. I'm sold on the yeah. show. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I'm sold on feeling shitty for like, oh, excuse my language, feeling bad for like an hour. I, you know, I think the Vegas, Vegas had, you know, major odds on me cursing before you. I'm pretty, I'm pretty shocked. <laughs> I would have taken, I would have taken that under, I would have taken that under. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, Jonathan, thanks again for coming on, man. Um, again, I miss you a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. I miss you too. Yeah. 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 Nice we got one, one of us has to, has to fly out to the coast. Hey, I'm um, thinking absolutely. about it. By the way, if you're going to be yeah, about it, I'll let you know. Um, but anyways, I, we won't bore the listeners with this. Uh, everyone else, uh, <laughs> check out The Wire if, if this is so enticing. you. And if you have any questions, like, just, I, I guess, delve into The Wire, man, and, and, or send Jonathan an email. I don't know how you'll get that information. But um, obviously, he's a huge proponent of it. And um, and if you want your mind blown, I guess, watch The Wire. So That's right. Um, anyways, That's right. thanks again, Jonathan. Yeah, thank you. Of course.